You are listening to a Whitebridge Baptist Church sermon podcast. In Bolivia, and uh, it's an exciting thing that God has developed actually between four partners. Besides uh, the two churches that we are, there's two other partners. There's Canadian Baptist Ministries, which has been in Bolivia for over 100 years, and there is the very own Bolivian Baptist Union that we partner with there on the ground. So last August, there were 10 of us uh, from both churches that went to Bolivia. We looked at five different, uh, six different maybe projects, and we ended up arriving at two different projects that we decided to have a longer-term impact on. One has to do with the spiritual formation program at the Baptist Seminary in Cochabamba, and the second one has to do with the Chagas Project, which is a disease carried by a little bug called the Vinchuca that is in Misque. So starting in 2015, we have a partnership agreement that uh, entails us going to Bolivia. We're going to hope to go twice. The first trip is going to be next summer in 2015, and we're going to be focused on those two projects. We believe in global discipleship. So this is all about not only making disciples and growing the church in Bolivia, but it's also about our own discipleship. So in the first week of our trip next summer, we'll be sharing with students at the seminary about global discipleship kinds of issues in a week-long intensive kind of interaction. And and then following that week, we will take some of those students themselves and go with them to Miske, about a five-hour drive, and we will work on a Chagas project for one week together. What's involved in the Chagas project basically is we're hoping that in one week a a big team can uh, put plaster on the inside of the adobe uh, homes, uh, two homes perhaps in one week, and as well cement the floor. And so this bug now can no longer enter, bite the people that are sleeping there, and infect them with the disease. So beginning in January, both churches will be uh, calling upon you to consider whether you're one of the people that is meant to go, to be praying through that. And then together we're going to form a team of of about 14 people perhaps that will go to Bolivia. And uh, it's uh, slated for next July, the last two weeks of July. We've already been booked that time. Some of you don't know it yet, but God has put this date on your calendar already for next summer, and it's part of your discipleship. Now, when we were in Bolivia together, my brother Sahun and I, we had the privilege of both preaching in our second language. And in fact, in one service, Pastor Sahun preached in English, and we've been trying to encourage him to do that a little more here. And I had the (laughs) privilege of translating into Spanish. I think the reason we don't (laughs) switch roles here is fairly obvious. (laughs) I can't you can speak Korean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, switch gears to uh, look at the Word of God this morning. And uh, we are going to be, we've called our message this morning, Worthy is the Lamb. It's from Revelation chapters 4 and 5. This is the theme that we will be worshiping with in heaven. If it sounds familiar, it's because last August, before we commissioned the team to Bolivia, we preached on this text as well. The reason we felt it was so important was because it provides us with the link between worship and missions. We must never forget the reason why we do missions. Is it because there's need in Bolivia? Yes. Is it because of our own discipleship training and world awareness? Yes. Is it to express the global unity of the Church of Jesus Christ on earth? Yes. But we must remember that above all of these reasons why we do missions, we do it because Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is worthy of more worshipers. The ultimate goal of every life that God has ever created is that that person, your neighbor, someone overseas, become a worshiper of Jesus Christ. 
Listen to a quote by John Piper. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship does not. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more, but worship abides forever. So if you have your Bibles now, let's take a look at Revelation chapters 4 and 5. We're going to walk through it and uh, refer to various verses on the way. In chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, we see that John the Apostle is caught up by the Spirit of God and he has a vision of heaven. And the first thing we notice about heaven according to the vision of John is that the door to heaven is left open. You and I need to hear that the door of heaven in this image is left open. Friends, there will come a time when this will no longer be true. The door of heaven will not always be open to all the nations. Can you imagine that there is coming a time when the God of eternity will no longer be wooing the people of this earth to himself and open the door to heaven? There is coming a time when it will be too late. The door of heaven will be closed. That is one of the reasons why we witness why we do missions. Now the most popular word in these two chapters is the word throne. It's found 17 times. But the emphasis is not on the throne, but it's on who sits on the throne. And we get a clear vision of who he is by the response of those who are gathered around him who are falling on their faces in worship. There are actually five hymns in these two chapters, five hymns that they sing in worship to the Lamb that is on the throne. And these five hymns, the key word is the word worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Digno es el Cordero in Spanish. What is it in Korean? 어린 양이 합당하시도다. Worthy is the Lamb. We were going to have you all practice that one, but I think we'll move on. If we have time now, we want to share four reasons why Jesus Christ is worthy. All coming from the worship that we are foretasted of here in heaven. And the first reason is found in chapter 4, verse 11, that God is worthy. It says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created, and they have their being. Psalm 24, 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and all who live in it. Colossians 1, 16 says Jesus, of Jesus, By him all things were created, things were created by him and for him. So the first theme of the worship in heaven that we get a picture of is that he's worthy because he created everything and he sustains everything. There are countless millions in this earth that do not know that God is the creator and sustainer of their lives. A second song and hymn and reason why Jesus is worthy is found in chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 we read, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So you're with us now, the, the reason why he's worthy, the first two reasons. Number one, because he created all things. And number two, because after we had sinned and rebelled and ran away from God, he sent his son Jesus Christ to purchase us back and to redeem our souls. 
You might remember the story that we told last year about a little boy who had a boat and, and he, uh, he made this boat and then he went out to test it on a lake. And a wind came up on the lake and took the boat way out into the, into the lake and, and he lost the boat. And sometime later he was walking downtown and he walked by a window and he looked and he saw his boat in the window and he ran inside the store and asked for it back and the man said, if you want that boat, you're going to have to buy it. And so he ran home and he took his piggy bank off the shelf and he, he opened it and he shook all the money out onto his bed and he took all that he had and he went back to the store and he bought the boat back. And then he said to the boat, boat, now you're mine. In fact, you're twice mine. First of all, because I made you and secondly, because I bought you. And friends, this is a reminder of the very two reasons why Jesus Christ is worthy because first of all, he made us. And then after we had rebelled, he purchased us back to himself. Do you know that you belong to God? Do you live your life in a way that shows that you belong to a holy God? In the last part of chapter 5, verse 9, we see another reason why Jesus Christ is worthy. It says, because he was slain and with his blood he purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And that last word nation is the word ethnos, where we get our word ethnic from. It's used in the Great Commission when Jesus Christ said, Go therefore and make disciples of all ethnos, all people groups on this earth. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is worthy of all praise and worship because with his blood he purchased people from all ethnos, all people groups of this earth. Jesus Christ alone is the refuge from Satan from sin and from future judgment. His blood bought the price of saving Koreans and Bolivians. Canadians, including First Nation peoples as well, as well as immigrants from all over the world. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed to save Israelis and Palestinians. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed to save Russians and Ukrainians. The blood of Jesus Christ was, was shed to save northern Iraq, the Kurds and every Arab group. Do you hear the expanse of the gospel? The blood of Jesus Christ was, was shed to save all Asians and all Africans and, and every people group that exists on the face of the earth. The door of heaven is yet left open because everyone who enters there to be a worshiper of Jesus Christ is invited. So is that it? Is that it? That we just come to Jesus Christ and we live the rest of our days however we please and that's it? Is that all? No, there's another reason found in chapter 5 verse 10. Another reason why Jesus Christ is worthy. He is worthy because he has made us a part of his kingdom and he's given us the purpose of being his priests. We read in chapter 5 verse 10, You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Here we have our life purpose statement. Every true Christian has a holy occupation as a priest to serve God's purposes. We draw near to God on behalf of others in prayer, and we draw near to others on behalf of God in evangelism. You know, it's very interesting. Some people have a very distorted view of their lives here on earth and of their life in the future in heaven. Pat and I heard a woman talking one day about how wonderful heaven is going to be, and she compared it to being at a restaurant with exquisite food where the server seemed to know exactly what she wanted before she even asked about it. When I heard this woman speak of her view of heaven, I thought, Jesus Christ is not on the throne of her heaven. She's on the throne of her heaven. This past week, I saw a video clip from Victoria Osteen of the famous Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. 
She was encouraging her church to go to God, not, and to, 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 to go and do good. But she said, not for God, but for your own self, because God wants you to be happy. And whether you worship or whatever you do, you're not really doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself, she said. But Revelation 5 verse 10 does not say that we have been made a kingdom of priests to serve ourselves, but to serve God and his purposes on earth. You see, I want to say clearly that if you or someone has a bad theology of their life and of their purpose here on earth, they will definitely as well have a bad theology of their life and their purpose in heaven. In the vision of John, what is at the center of heaven? A throne. And who is on the throne? Jesus Christ. And anybody else that's up there, according to this vision from John in Revelation 4 and 5, anybody else, human and, and people like us or celestial beings and angels, anyone else that's up there is bowing down on their faces, worshiping the Lamb who was slain. And the reason is because He's worthy. Revelation 7.15 says, They are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night. Before we worship around the table of the Lord this morning, Hear one last doxology, the last hymn of the five that we've looked at, chapter 5 and verse 13. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Friends, missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions exist because, discipleship exists because there are people who do not know how to worship the true and living God. Or they're, they're worshiping half-heartedly. And we want to share the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, for he's worthy. We'd invite those that are sharing with the Lord's Supper now to join us at the front as we get ready to worship the Lord by remembering the meal that he gave us to remember him with. And so now we'll wait upon you as we prepare for the Lord's Supper. We acknowledge this morning that we come to the table of the Lord as, a, as an ethnos of different origins. We come as people who are only, not only perhaps uh, some would say divided by denominationalism or by, divided by um, our ethnic origin or our language, and yet the amazing thing about the gospel and what Jesus Christ has done is that he has united a people, one people. He has divided all the barriers, the dividing walls of hostility. And he has made one people who are his church. Uh, people who have seen that the door of heaven is open for all who want to worship Jesus Christ. And so this morning we come because we want to remember his death, the very place that bought our salvation and the one, and the one who is worthy of our praise. So regardless of your language, ethnicity, denomination, or any other barrier, if you've opened the door of your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord, you are welcome. The risen Christ is here to beckon you to partake of this meal. We read that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it, and he said, this is my body. Eat it in remembrance of me.